You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nails You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil Welcome to the A Show. It's the antidote to anxiety show for March 25th, 2020. How's it going, everybody? Oh, the market's tanking. The fucking you can't get out, or you can technically, because everybody's essential at this stage. Uh, the, the numbers are going up. There's no cure. We're lacking respirators, ventilators, masks, hand sanitizers, toilet papers, eggs, everything. It's got awful. So, you know what? Let's get the debate out of the way first. Uh, this is not a Chinese virus. This is not a Kung Flu. This is not a Woohoo, Wuhan fever. This is not a Hubei fever, whatever. This isn't some fetish. This isn't some simple f- cold. It's a it's a SARS virus. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I gotta be fair here. You gotta call it what it is. It's a war. So we're at war. This is a Wuhan acute respiratory syndrome. This is Hubei acute respiratory syndrome. This is a China. Acute respiratory syndrome. I don't, I don't want to call it cars. I would rather call it wars because everybody's starting very war-like thing. Or you call it SARS-2. I called it SARS-2020 in the beginning of this thing, right? SARS-2, the judgment day, you know? The better Terminator than the first one, you know? That shit, you know? I, I don't know. Just But don't tell me. I, I don't take the side of, hey, you can't just... You can't scapegoat your way out of this whole situation and the fallout. You know, to a one race or one country. Very select, exclusive people who do the most ridiculous shit like any other society in the world that's out there. The rich. And the demand that's in the wet market has, you know, again, come into play. That said, that select group happened to come from this time in middle China, not the south, south southern China like it did back in the 2003 with the SARS. So, there. Fair? Alright, let's move on then. Uh, I'm not losing my shit, unlike the President Trump. I've been enjoying watching the Daily Task Force, you know, press conference, because I, I noticed that he disappeared. So here's how the task force, when it got set up. You know, Alex Azar, the head of the CDC, was it? I don't remember what the hell he was. And he disappeared in the task force with Dr. Fauci and then Dr. Deborah, I forgot her last name, you know, got set up. You know, March 6, 7, 8, Trump just disappeared. After downplaying this so much, you know, Dr. Fauci stepped in and said, calm down, here's what we're going to do. And obviously, it's like, expect the worst, here's what's going to happen. Then Trump started showing back up again after the, you know, a lot of the messages went out say stay home and all that. So he started coming back about a week ago, the 16th, 17th, you know, and then he started calling it Chinese virus. Why do you keep calling it that? Because it came from China. And then, you know, my, even Mike Pence doesn't call it that, which tells me I just go fucking sakes. And then he got it into it with Peter Alexander from uh, MSNBC. And I couldn't stop laughing all Friday Friday afternoon, the 20th, the March 20th. That's when the numbers started going up and stuff. Uh, and then they try to give some positive news about, hey, here are the drugs that we're trying, expediting the FDA approval process, blah, 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 blah. But obviously, we're still in the beginning of this virus. And then we want people to be ready and all that shit. So, <laughs> so you know, so the media did its thing, the press corps did its thing, 
kind of. I'll say they baited Trump a bit, and then all these Trump supporters are like, well, did you always bait him? Um, but you know, but I just go look. He was exceptionally, you know, reaching the end point in my opinion, because I I just couldn't stop laughing. You know, he goes, "What would you say?" Because what proceeded before that question was like, "Yeah, you why are you trying to make the light of this situation?" Which is what Peter Alexander and some of the media was trying to say is like you downplay this thing and then you try to play it like we got it you clearly don't got it so obviously trump would be pissed off and then he just like so peter alexander saying what all these people are like getting cases are going up people are dying what do you say it's a scary situation what do you say to the americans who are scared you know what you're a terrible reporter i say you're a terrible reporter that's what i say and then he's like next question and then he's like you're doing sensationalism same with the nbc and the concast i don't call it comcast i call it concast you know that he had that fucking weapon ready up in his sleeve ready to cut this goddamn promo on comcast and everybody and then some people and then like rile up and should i just go oh donald i just go like you, you really, really, and then if you just listen to his voice, you just see it cracking in between the lines. I just go, this guy's fucking losing his shit. <laughs> this is the sound of man who's losing his shit because he knows that he doesn't got it. And then every time the task force starts talking, he just just he just nods and goes, yeah, yeah. And then he starts to interject like your dad who's trying to fucking like tell you that, but it's not so bad, right? <laughs> You know, to the doctors, like, no, it's still bad, Donald. So, you know, I don't want to give false hope and then you do all that. But anyways, I just go, whatever. So let's, I, I don't understand the WHO's position, not calling it the what it actually is. So I do see the point where, why was WHO, the World Health Organization, been so easy on China and their effort? Yeah, you can't just, like, snipe at them either, but I just go, well... True, the virus does not see race, ethnicity, nationality, citizenship, and all that. Income inequality, that's true. However, at the same time, this is the same organization who decided to call the SARS number two that happened out of Middle East, the MERS, the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. So I just go, blah. So that said, the economy is tanking. And then, you know, I said this in the very beginning when the bailout talk started coming up. I said... Just looking at the numbers and given how much the world has grown financially, just looking at the numbers and everything, although the income hasn't really grown so much, therefore the income inequality is a huge problem, but I'm not going to get to that. Purely on the size that needs to be bailed out or saved or backed up at this point, since 2009 up to 2020, I said it will take at least $2 trillion for the U.S. government to pull this off because Obama... Obama, the TARP and all that bailout for the automakers and the banks at the time took about $700 billion. So, there is that. At least $2 trillion. And that doesn't include all the rest of the quantitative easing the fucking U.S. Treasury has already kind of started. And, yeah, banks don't need a bailout. To be honest, I think banks can give out loans, but banks' responsibility is to make money. So why would they fuck around with everybody's money that you and I have saved into whatever? And then the credit card and mortgages and all that, car loans and all that. They're like, why would they fuck around with that money? Anyway, so now the government steps in and then, you know, they try to put the contingencies around like with the the loans they want to give to the airlines. No stock buybacks. And I... I do not understand the stock buyback in the recent years, especially the companies who have borrowed ridiculous amount of money 
to do this buyback, which is really, and then the simplistic argument is it's just to bump the share price. You know, if the companies buy back shares off the trade market, you know, there are less number of outstanding shares available to the public in the publicly traded companies, which means there is going to be more demand. Therefore, the bidding price goes up, which means the share prices go up. And a lot of the executive compensation comes up of the earnings per share and then the share prices, you know, even if, you know, like Marissa Mayer, it went from $10 to $20 when it used to be $90 back in the dot-com days. Uh, I doubled the share price just for me being here. Therefore, I deserve $400 million or whatever, a gazillion dollars of compensation, even though I did a shitty job. Uh, that's the reality of an executive pay, you know, over the last 10 years especially. You know what? That's a reality. So, and then it's a bad practice. And, you know, in airlines... It's a it's a it's a losing game. It's a losing industry for many decades. However, the travel has been a lot cheaper than what it was in the 80s and 90s. There have been more airlines, there are more people flying, and this is a mode of transportation. Yes, and then United and some of these, you know, uh, overbooking, dragging off the passenger and all that situation, it's pretty bad for the airlines. Obviously, However, that doesn't dissuade the fact that this is a mode of transportation. This is how people get around the fucking country, a huge country like America, okay? So if all of them go bankrupt, it's like, oh, billionaires should bail them out. It's like, why doesn't Warren Buffett do it? Yes, he already owns more than 10% shares of Delta, for example. But what billionaire, knowing this industry, has always suffered, you know, just it's, it's a money-draining business. A transportation business in anything, highway, uh, trains, subways, just, those are government run. But why do you think it costs so much? Oh, because it's always mismanaged by the government. Every single tra public transportation cost goes up. Every single infrastructure needs to be maintained. So I just go, it's a draining cost more people move more people consume and use those services including airline industry airline industry happened to be a private sector after it got deregulated it made the prices to come down baggage prices obviously and then you get the hidden prices like the fucking spirit airlines you get one of those and then yes you get the occasions where like people get fucking dragged off and shit and then like no you know but and it's been a it's gotten a lot better and it's become way more accessible and unfortunately, it, this is a privatized version of a public transportation. So, yes, they'll have to loan the money instead of government coming in and owning, like, you know, taking the stakes like it happened with the automakers. But it has to be defended. What about hotels? What about the cruise lines? What about all the, what about other uh, travel-specific industries? Um, cruise lines, I don't understand. Well, I don't know why cruise lines need to be fucking bailed out. Or, because I just go, what? I'm not a cruise line traveler. Nothing ever good comes out of the fucking cruise lines. It's always a good topic for Dateline NBC and then First 48 for CBS and A&E. And then whatever the imaginary scenarios are, he or she just tipped over the rail. You know, that fucking moment. Other than that, I don't know what the cruise lines are good for. Like, what the fuck? You're already self-quarantining without self-quarantining. And then it's a fucking Petri dish to begin with, right? I hate cruise lines. I don't think they need to be bailed out. 
What about hotels who also loan a lot of uh, casinos and other entertainment and gaming industry and stuff? What? Do they need a bailout? Ah, uh, no. I don't think so. Well, how come you only cherry pick the transportation? Ah, uh, transportation is a transportation. People move around. But what about the places people stay? I just go. I don't know. I just don't believe it. And then hotels will recover. And then to be honest, all these companies who said free cash flow for the last two jobs that I was in said, you know, my, be mindful of your spending and then limit your cash spending. Free cash flow. People always said this over and over. Yes. And then from the fiscal conservative side of me comes in and says, you got to spend your money responsibly. However, if you're going back, like, for example, Delta spends $5 billion of the free cash flow. And actually, 96% of the free cash flow held by all the airlines in America, Alaska, United, Southwest, Spirit, all these motherfuckers, American Airlines, spend 96% of the free cash flow on stock buyback, inflating their stock prices, which made airlines overall it look so good, you know, in addition to what was already going whatever. It's very hard to fathom. And airlines are not the only ones who did this practice. You know, Apple did this. It's like with all the tens and hundreds of billion dollars of cash they have. You know, granted, only a quarter of them, 20% of them are in America. What did they do? Did they pay back the shareholders? Did they increase the dividend so much to, a, to the respectable level that oil companies are doing and other traditional, you know, blue chip companies are doing? Not really. I don't think it's even at 5%. You know, I don't think it's even at the 4%. Microsoft is at like 2-3% at most, you know? So even Microsoft, another example, they're doing more buyback and stuff, inflate the prices, and then, you know, we'll buy the shares from you instead of giving you the dividend. I just go, okay. And then, yeah, dividends have to be halted in times like this, like Best, uh, best Buy stopped the share buyback, Delta suspended, Marriott suspended. I think Ford also suspended their dividends. I mean, it makes sense. It's just... It's suspended. They didn't completely cut it like GE did. But I just go, did they spend all that free cash flow back into the employees, you know, as the share prices went up, as the employment, comp the CEO, executive C-suite compensation went up? Did the minimum wage go up that much? Did the living cost, you know, living standard has caught up for all the people? No, otherwise we wouldn't be in this fucking situation trying to spend hundreds of billions of dollars printing money and then get the UBI finally over to the people. Andrew Yang was right. And this is a one-time payment. And I just go $3,000 per family to millions of U.S. families. I'm sorry, if the family is in Barrier, what the fuck am I gonna, are they going to do with one-time $3,000? Why should the $3,000 be equal with somebody in California, Bay Area, Versus the, somebody doing the same job in Dakota, you know, I, 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 I'm just picking Dakota. I'm just picking on a Dakota, but I just go, why, why, how does this make sense? And then, yeah, they expanded the unemployment aid. Yeah, they're giving more small business loans. A so small business bureau must be busy, you know, and then $75 billion for hospitals. I'm like, you're just patching. You're just patching shit. Yeah, we'll give more overtime. Hospitals are privatized in this country, majority. I mean, where is the bailout for the states? Where Where is the bailout for the local governments and municipalities? They're fending on their own. Yeah, thank you, President Trump, for sending over the national troops to, <laughs> to fucking Washington and New York for Governor Cuomo and Governor Inslee. Well, what the fuck? Where, what about the rest of the money here? You know? 
Yeah, unemployment aid, that will help. But what about this, you know, state spending? What about Michigan over here, man? Like, what, what, what is the state government going to do? They're spending all their resource. The city, cities are spending all their resource. Where is the bailout for the states? You know? It just... It, it, this, is, and it, this is ridiculous. There should be some money set aside, similar to how it was done with the infrastructure work for the highways and all that that Obama tarped it. I'm not saying that was the best go-forward solution. I think that spoiled the market even more, although the banks didn't need... Uh, the banks don't need a bailout this time, which is good. Because, but I just go, look, this happened again. Too small to fail, too many to fail at this point. Now, it, now it's come to a point of actually saving the people, um, and other industries who have completely spoiled themselves. And where are all these investors who made the thirty percent, all that gains, the ridiculous gains? Over the last two hundred percent of gains since the since this uh, since the recession, you know these people should come in and start buying companies and stuff. In my opinion, yeah, when when the time is right, I, I didn't get rich by just getting in and doing things. And then some investors, I'll be honest, are doing the right thing, and it's like we're spending money and we're offering loans and all that stuff. And I think more of that should happen. Let's say. That's a that's a ethical capitalism, and then some people go, "There's no such thing as like." Yes, there is. That's the cycle of the economy. That's the cycle of the economical machine, as Ray Dalio said. It, Ray Dalio, although he kind of had his thing of spiel about the cash and then the, all that. But that aside, this is an existential situation. Uh, this is really, hopefully, is really only a once in a century uh, disease, and. It's a very ridiculously, spectacularly uneasy, like unexpected circumstance that we're in. So people with the ammunition needs to fucking step up. I hate using those gun analogies, but they should. Government shouldn't be printing more money. And I'm surprised that Steve Mnuchin said like no oversight and the two trillion just go. And then, like, the U.S. Treasury and all these guys are going, like, it will be a limitless thing. There's no magic bullet that's going to save this, this time. We already are at the end of the first quarter, and we're going into the second quarter where America is looking like the epicenter of this thing. And now South America is coming up next. We're taking this fucking easy. Brazil, Mexico, and Trump, because... Dr. Fauci and the task force said next 15 days are critical, which is up to the Easter point, you know, the April 9th, 10th, that, hey, maybe we can reopen up the economy. It's like, no, dude, that's to maintain the level of this thing not spreading. If you open this up, you're going to open the curve up again. How dumb are you? But then this guy's learning. This guy's learning daily. He goes, it's a learning experience. He's just like, it's like one of those people who try to get away with a lot just by bullshitting so much at work. You know, so I just like since I'm not in the office, none of us are really in offices and meetings in the meeting rooms. You know, seeing this firsthand, watching the task force conference uh, conference daily has become the exercise of me imagining what it might be like in a wasteful meetings. I just go, you're just trying to talk your way out of this shit. But you know what? And then the oh, Asian shares are surging, surging. To me, this is a that dead cat coming up. When the reality of the first quarter numbers show in the second quarter over the next three months, 
And the reality of the impact from the first quarter coming to the second quarter through end of June and sometime in the summer just before the election when the primaries are, then when that earnings season is intact, maybe we'll get a true sense of, oh, shit, this is how bad it was. A lot of the numbers right now are, you know, based on we're going to we're going to redo all the 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 earnings projections for 2020 and all that. But let the reality hit a little bit now this has cascaded over to north america and europe and the it the next i way mexico and brazil's been getting ready where the infrastructures are down there i'm not so confident shit's gonna go bad who knows how it's gonna be like in asia you know india just got locked down and the second wave so-called second wave of, of people in hong kong and singapore that are coming back from countries like america are further spreading the disease or trying to contain it let's see how that's the biggest thing that's going to happen so i don't understand these people bill gates is right they think this is going to magically recover 35 percent wipe that happened over the last two over the last two months it's like dude this is not going to be a two months and recover this is there's no way this is happening even with assurances nothing's moving no one's flowing do you think a quarter and a half, almost two quarters of lost passengers and the flights and hotels and vacations and all the tourism business, you know, just because you unlocked and then open up the economy again, that's just going to instantly recover all that lost revenue, lost profits, you know, or the lost times? How stupid can people get? This is a long recovery. This is gonna. I, this is why I go. I think there's another thirty, forty percent potential downfall happening when the reality of the impact sets in. So I'm not writing these surges of market. I just go. You got all right. I I just go. It must be the machines or something. And if it's people trying to people with money trying to do the right thing and then buying things or trying to get the economy going, okay, fine. But I just go. I don't buy it. None of us really buy it. You know, the small businesses don't buy it. It, it This sucks. <laughs> this sucks. And then I I think, and, and another thing is, I think this uh, wars virus, I'm going to start calling that now. I think this really is a oil added to a fire more than the fire that just got started in this downfall, which is one thing that people should keep an eye on because the oil prices and then the oil supply is also very low and then is it low well it's it's staying low because no one's really using the oil but given the way things are going with the petroleum and the barrel prices it's it it was coming down anyway and i started realizing that more and more what russia and opec saudis were doing with respect to american producers like it's great the oil prices are low and i'm like Oh, it's screwing out of the fucking Americans. And then uh, in turn, it's going to be self-inflicted on Saudis too. So there were gonna, there's overabundance of supplies of oil, which kept the prices low. And with the lack of activity, that's going to keep it low. And they're still pumping out all these oil. And then so I think this was going to be the tipping point anyway to begin with when the oil prices were going like this. And it just added more because of this virus spreading and then saudi say fuck it we're gonna pump more and then we're gonna we're gonna fuck the shit out of the russia and then fuck the shit out of the u.s and all that stuff and so because of that i don't 
I don't really see this virus as the sole reason to crash everybody. I think this was inevitable. We saw the end game, like we saw the buybacks happening, really without any discipline. We, like I said, corporate debts and many debts have been really spoiled and have been accumulating to the next level because of the historically low interest rates, close to a decade at this point, or over a decade, and. Is this a Japanification of American economy? I don't know. I hope not. I hope America doesn't become the next Japan. But that's what Larry Summers and all these people, other economists, have been predicting. Keeping it, you know, interest rate rate this low and markets getting spoiled. And maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is not. But you know, I think corporations have been awfully spoiled. Investors have been awfully spoiled. And yes, with Time it will obviously recover, but it ain't gonna be a magical recovery. So whatever you buy right now, even the Bitcoin, even the gold, even the bonds, even the fucking copper, like none of them are magic safe 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 haven at this point. All all those options are out. Real estate, who's gonna spend money on real estate right now if no one's moving around and renting and shit? Okay, so you start investing now. Personally, I say give another quarter. You know, let's see how these numbers pan out over the next summer, throughout the summer. Uh, but I think there's even way more points to go down, and that's what I'm thinking. And then whatever I have invested in right now, I'm glad I got out of it. You know, last fall, a majority of the items I just go they're in for long haul, uh, which is really delta at this point for me. Uh, so and I. I'll talk probably more about the economy and stuff, but I, I, I can, I can predict where the election rhetoric's gonna go. They're gonna blame China. Every single country is gonna blame China, and then look at them and say China should repay all our debts by just letting our debts forgive all our national debts and all that stuff. They should buy our shit, and then China is become you know and, and do all that stuff. Every everyone's gonna point to China and then blame Chinese people. And then the Asian people, and then we're gonna be the next Mexican. Us Asians, I'm Korean, so I get away with it. But Asian people are gonna be the targeted minorities, uh, like the Mexicans war, you know, back in the 2016 election, which is sad. But I, I think that's how it's gonna go. He's gonna deflect the blame. He's gonna blame the virus. He's gonna say the virus is the reason why the numbers are tanking, not realizing that none of his policies are working. You know, not realizing that none of his policies really enabled, lifted the blue-collar workers out of the poverty and any of that. Although I understand why they voted for him, you know. And this needs a real change at this point. And four more years of this, just trudging along. I, you know, if Democrats lose this, I'm sorry. Barring a miraculous economical recovery over the next. Four or five months, which I highly, highly doubt. You know, unless the government prints so much fucking money that it decides to take on every single company and artificially keep this up, which is gonna get be in the ire of the conservatives. In my opinion, is like you bailed out your buddies just to keep your economic numbers up. I, even those Joe Schmo in West Virginia is gonna see that through. Uh, I hope they see it through, and we go from there. Or people just not come and vote. You know that's what will happen. The the lost, <laughs> the the lost voters 
and then the lost hope, basically. And they're going to blame everything. They're going to blame China. They're going to blame Trump. They're going to blame the establishment. They're going to blame everything. And that's a sad part. That's the way I, way I see things are going over the next eight months. I don't want to leave it on a grim note, but, you know, this is why these times are important to, you know, call out the fact and then be objective. But yet the collectivism, I can't believe I'm dropping that word. And then he's like, oh, you must be a communist, PK. I'm like, I'm not, goddammit. I'm a, I'm a fucking capitalist. I say that over and over. I'm an eth- I, I seek for ethical capitalism, for the ethical freedom that would enable everybody to contribute or most of the people to contribute because not everybody will fucking contribute. Like that fucking moronic kid on Ohio who said, if I get corona, I get corona. And then he apologized. He apologized, which wasn't an apology, which pissed me off even more. I'll just say that before I go. Ohio kid who apologized. Let me look that up, the quote quick. I'm going to read that to you quick. All right, this kid, Brady Slutter. I would like to sincerely apologize for the insensitive comment I made in regards to COVID-19 while on spring break. I wasn't aware of the sensitivity of my actions and comments. I'd like to take this time to own up to the mistakes I've made and apologize to the people I've offended. Like many others, I have elderly people who... I adore more than anything in the world and other family members who are at risk. And I understand how concerning this disease is for uh, for us all. Our generation may feel invincible like I did when I commented, but we have a responsibility to listen and follow recommendations in our communities. I will continue to reflect and learn from this and continue to pray for our well-being. I deeply apologize from the bottom of my heart for my insensitivity and awareness of, of my actions. You should apologize for your fucking actions for being fucking reckless. I'm, I apologize to, for the people I offended. Dude, the people you're offending are actually potentially might get sick. People, I just go, this is a non-apology apology. I'm sorry. I, I, I hate being hard on, like, jumping on a bandwagon being on this, but, like, I, this, is a, this is a cop-out. Man the fuck up. Just say, I'm sorry. Now, I did not mean to underplay the, I didn't mean to underplay this disease. And yeah, looking back, what happened is maybe I really, really underestimated. And I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm going to self-quarantine and provide help as needed when things calm down. I'm sorry. Leave it there. Fuck the rest of this shit. I may feel invincible when I commented. Oh, I have elderly people too. Yeah, you got fucking grandparents too, you fucking asshole. I want to apologize from the bottom of my heart. And I'm just going to... I will pray. Pray, motherfucker. Thoughts and prayers, huh? Yeah, I'm glad you're thinking and praying. Stay the fuck inside. All right, I'm going to leave it there. A-O-N-I-Look.com. Oh, fucking headset just fell off. A-O-N-I-Look.com. We'll check back next week. I don't want... Yeah, I'm going to end on an angry note. All right, that means I still have my energy. All right, bye-bye.